Um, but annoying sermons are sort of the, uh, for being boring maybe, or, or going on and on about a personal story that no one's really interested in, that doesn't make much of a point. There's lots of ways to annoy people in preaching, but the way that um, Peter and John annoy these leaders, uh, most notably the Sadducees, uh, is by preaching the resurrection, that there is that Jesus rose from the dead. And this is one of the reasons it's really hard for me to accept a lot of uh, people today that say that Jesus' resurrection was simply a spiritual event where they, much like you and I, have sightings of our loved ones after they die or we hear their voice or something like that, that that's what the resurrection was. It was a spiritual remembrance of Jesus and people sort of saying he um, is alive in a new way for them spiritually. The fact that they're talking that Jesus came back from the dead and it's creating such an uproar, that view would not have created much of an uproar, that Jesus was sort of living on in the hearts of his followers. The fact that they said, we went to the tomb, he wasn't there, and then he appeared to us numerous times and ate with us and fished with us and talked to us and did all these things with us that's what they're talking about, this, these post-resurrection experiences with, with this living person named Jesus, the same person who was crucified. And it is that view that creates such a controversy. Just having a spiritual remembrance of him wouldn't have annoyed the Sadducees so much. The Sadducees, as my friend William, who I think is here, says, if they could have reached the moon, they would have polished it. Um, they were scrupulous people, uh, concerned with uh, keeping things in good order. Famously, not just the New Testament, but also Josephus and others, I think just Josephus, I don't know of any other witnesses to this, uh, claim that the Pharisees do not believe in the resurrection of the dead. This is one of their core beliefs. Unlike the Pharisees who do, the Pharisees, that party that Jesus often interacts with throughout his ministry and the ones that probably hate him the most, um, are, are be firm believers in the resurrection of the dead, which um, when you read the Old Testament, and we read the Old Testament, we do see the resurrection of the dead in it. Um, it's not as clear, perhaps, as it is in the New Testament, but this was something that the Jewish people of Jesus' time believed in, many of them, except for the Sadducees. And the Sadducees had a lot of power. Uh, and so their annoyance is, is dangerous for these early apostles. It's rather, it can cost them their life. Um, most of the time when we annoy people, it doesn't result in our arrest. But this does. Um, they're arrested they're the next day, or put in custody till the next day. Many of those who had heard the sermons, though, believed. 5,000. So we see this 3,000 from Pentecost, two chapters earlier. Now we see this 5,000 being numbered uh, among the Christians. This means they were baptized and somebody recorded their name and probably organized them into some sort of grouping, or at least they met together in the temple. It's hard to know like how they kind of organized the early church, but the disciples were good at this. They had been trained for three years how to organize people, how to, how to deal with large crowds, how to handle um, you know, all the people that were coming to Jesus for healing and help. 
In fact, the feeding of the 5,000, 5,000 men, so it was a bigger group than even that, uh, mirrors this in some way, these 5,000 who come because of this um, annoying sermon that they give. But here they are, almost back in the trial of Jesus. Jesus is also brought before Annas and Caiaphas, the high priest, this ruling family that controls the temple complex um, that is a hereditary uh, priesthood that is passed down from father to son. uh, And they seem to be the ones that are the main opposition to Jesus and the main opposition to Jesus' followers. So they make the prisoners stand in the midst. This is Peter and John. The the whole reason they're here is because they healed somebody. This is why they're in trouble, because they've healed someone in the name of Jesus, and they're preaching about the resurrection. They're saying, just in the same way that Jesus came back to life, so this guy, in Jesus' name, came back to life. He's up walking and leaping and praising God. This is the resurrection power of Jesus. Here's a sign right here, right now, that you can see that validates what happened to him in the grave. Um, And so, again, the same question of by whose power and by what name do you do all these things? So Peter, again, filled with the Holy Spirit, addresses them very respectfully. Uh, Rulers of the people and elders, he's still acknowledging their authority over them. Um, We were questioned today because of a good deed. Someone who was sick and asked to be healed, we healed him in the name of Jesus. And he's standing right in front of you. Uh, wouldn't it be great if the church got in trouble for healing people again? Uh, we, we usually get in trouble for lots of other things. We make the newspapers for all sorts of awful things. Rarely do we make the newspapers for healing. But I think in a way we, we kind of do occasionally. And this is when people are included in the church that other Christians exclude. When we say, this person's a Christian. Um, yeah, they have a criminal history. Yeah, they have. And yeah, this person um, has been excluded by the church for many years. The, this group of people, most notably in recent times, the inclusion of gay, lesbian, transsexual people. Uh, th- these people being included in the fellowship of the church is shocking to a lot of people. It makes them uncomfortable. And yet we do it because the resurrecting power of Jesus includes all of us. We've all been healed. So in some ways, we are doing this. Uh, The Episcopal Church lost hundreds of thousands of people when we included gay and lesbian uh, people in our church and said they're part of our church. We're not kicking them out. We're not going to send them to abusive conversion therapy. We're going to affirm them and say we want to be like them. We want them to be part of us. or We want to be part of their church, not that they should be part of our church. And so this is still causing controversy, even so many years later, because they point out that this Jesus whom you crucified, most notably Caiaphas, who's the main, the main, uh, one of the main characters in the plot to kill Jesus, um, you know, he, they're standing in this, his courtroom saying this, uh, you rejected this stone, but he's become the chief cornerstone, the keystone. I grew up in Pennsylvania, the keystone state, uh, most notably by that little trapezoid shape keystone, but it's everywhere. There's a keystone in everything, a cornerstone, that really the foundation of the church is Jesus. It is not our obscure beliefs. It is not um, the fact that we do everything correctly all the time or are perfect in some way. The, the whole 
corner of cornerstone of the Christian church is Jesus. And the resurrecting power of Jesus flows out and heals people and includes them and brings them in and gives them a new start and a new life, another chance. And this will always be scandalous. The, the days of um, the controversy of Caiaphas and Annas and his gang of Sadducees are over. We don't fight with Jews about this stuff. Um, th- that's a controversy that is long gone. But we do fight with people in our own community who say, no, we can't include those people or those people shouldn't be able to enjoy the sacramental life of the church or benefit from it. So we are, we are with the apostles today. Jesus is our cornerstone. He is the head of the church. We follow a person. That's really hard to do in this modern world. Uh, and yet he's a person we can trust. He's a person that has gone through death and come out on the other side. So if you need a resurrection today, if you need a healing, you're in the right place. You're in the church of Jesus Christ, the place where the resurrecting power of Jesus still happens. It still heals. It still brings people back in to the fold. Amen.